I tell you what I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have listened to my choice for album of the year before we started recording, because God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 oh. feeling some type of way. Yeah, we've got um we've got some regular notes, but some of it I'm like, eh. You know, talking about it and I'm like, the Grammys, okay. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the Grammys. Did you watch the Grammys? I did. I watched a good chunk of it. I saw I saw a lot of the Grammys. You know, it's award season. Also, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2023 oh, yeah. Lexi Awards. Thank you for sticking by and, and waiting for us to finally give you our selections for the 2023 Lexi Awards. It's a very prestigious award at this point. This is, what, year three, four? going now anyway it's multiple years in a row so that means Uh, i don't know it's a lot of years so it's a year it's a year for sure it's a year with a number at least that so stand by for our selections for our choices of 2022 it's weird how they do that it's like yeah it's the 2023 awards but here's some stuff from last year that you may or may not remember but we it's really confusing it is. It, it always is confuses me when the Oscars do that and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sports games still confuse me with that whole thing where it's like, yeah, this is next year's edition of WWE 2K24. And it's like, but 2023 just started. Fuck you. This is 2024's WWE release. Yeah. It's the cars model where you're like, I don't understand. So this is actually a car from last year, but the, I don't know. Whatever. The numbering of cars confuses me. You said Am I just the cars model. Maybe. I thought you were going to say life is a highway, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that confuses me too. How can life be a high? No, I'm just kidding. All right. So yeah, I like, I didn't really watch. I didn't watch any of the Grammys. I didn't care. I really only care about the Oscars. <clears throat> if yeah. we're being honest, like watching the ceremony award show, whatever. There were so many choices. Um, I was surprised Beyonce didn't win. I know everyone well, is all, like yeah. always surprised, but the yeah. big award. She didn't win the big award, but she won some awards, no. and she set a record, which is the most awarded yeah. performer, creator, recording artist of, of all time from the Grammy Awards. So that's cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, it's interesting how she consistently does not keep winning that album of the year award i wonder why that is um yeah just i there were a couple things that stood out to me from the uh the grammys and i won't make it long because i know we've you know it's by the time people hear this it'll be more than a week removed but trevor noah did a fantastic job hosting um they had an amazing performance uh a tribute to hip-hop missy elliott performed she's always a treat to behold. Uh, you know, we we had so many different looks. Lizzo, I mean, Lizzo, come on. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. everybody seemed to get along. There was no big controversy or anything like that. No, no violence or anything. The Rock was there. Apparently, Adele is a big fan of The Rock, and she got to finally meet him. So she was very pleased about that. That's cute. I like yeah. that. I like things like that. It's we forget that celebrities can be obsessed with other celebrities like that. They can be like, Oh my God, that's this, you know, like (laughs) they can be starstruck by someone else. They're just like us. Yes. So (laughs) celebrities, they're just like us. So what have you heard Lex? What have you heard about this AMC theater tiered pricing? It sounds fucking stupid, but what else is new with AMC? Yeah. Apparently, they're testing this out in some markets. There's going to be three pricing tiers at uh, AMC going forward. The front row and select seats, known as value sightline, will be cheaper than the other tickets. Seats in the middle of the theater, the sweet spot that cheaper? everybody, you know, right. They they don't, we'll, we'll get to the lack of pricing in here in a moment. But um, okay. the seats in the middle of the theater, the sweet spot, that's going to be like the highest tier. And uh, that's going to go into the preferred sight line. All the other seats, Mm. which are the people who come in late with their popcorn and shit during the previews, that's going to be known as the standard sight line. Uh, And those won't see a price change according to this. So 
doesn't mention if they're raising their prices to facilitate this rollout or what, but it'll be interesting to see um, how people react to this, especially when there's so many other options. I don't think they're going to, I don't think it's going to roll out. I don't, I don't think they're even going to get to doing it because Mm. it's going to be like Netflix where they backtrack on it. I sure hope so. Because people hate this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what they're talking about is value seats, mind you. These aren't just like, okay, these are seats near the front of the theater. We're talking about the break your neck seats at the front, which don't make any sense to be there. And you have to crane mm-hmm. your neck and basically give yourself, you know, some type of uh, yeah, some type of break going in there to see what's actually going on on the screen. I've, That's for the super late. Boots, I've sat in those you know? once or twice, and they were terrible. Terrible. Do you remember what you saw? No, I don't. It was. I think it was. I was with friends one time, and then another. I was like late to the movie, so I don't remember which movies it was. I remember exactly the two films that I saw in those breakneck seats. <laughs> the first one was Toy Story and it was at Disney world and the movie had just released. And we just kind of went on a whim because you know, we were walking around the park all day. We were like, Oh, Toy Story that's out now. We should go see that. So we went to go see they it. They have movies at Disney world where they do. I don't remember. I was in eighth grade when that came out. So, huh. You know, interesting. Uh, Someone let us know. I know we have some Disney, huge Disney fan listeners. So tell us because I don't know that. I didn't know anything about that. And it was in the park, too. I remember that specifically. It was kind of, it's kind of cool. And then once you came out of the theater, of course, there was a gift shop. And in that gift shop, they had Buzz Lightyear dolls for sale. And that's where we got one for my little brother. And he was just so happy. It like made his whole trip. It was great. That's awesome. I love that for him. So I have good memories about that. The other time, I went to go see one of the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels because I was wasting time before I was meeting up with some friends. And I'm like, I got nothing to do. Let me go see a movie. And it was the only thing that was just starting up. And this was back when everybody was still incredibly obsessed with Johnny Depp. And boy, was that theater Mm -hmm. packed. So I was right up front. Yeah. God, those movies made so much fucking money. It's crazy yes. to think about. Yes, yes. And we'll we'll never see that again. Just them hanging their no, hat. No, I remember on- I, I was like 11 when the first movie came out. So like that year was, I remember specifically my favorite movies because it was Pirates of the Caribbean and Finding Nemo. And nice. I was obsessed with both of those movies. They were so fucking good. And then like I bought the DVDs and, you know. Loved, loved those movies. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. So AMC, what the fuck are you doing? Personally, I fully support going to see your your movies at an independent theater if you can. Um, I know not every city has those. Not every city has easy access to those. Um, I also recommend yeah. checking out Alamo Draft House because you will be impressed with that experience. And as far as I know, they're not changing their pricing anytime soon. So. No, and Alamo Drafthouse plays some cool movies and stuff. Um, we just went to ours. We would go to it more often and maybe take advantage of like they have, you know, pass tickets per month. Mm-hmm. But our closest one is like, you know, 30, 40 minutes away. So, yeah, it's not. They just opened one up to here. get to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand. They just opened one up here in Chicago and they dedicated it to John Hughes. And of course, you know, when they opened up, the first thing they did was a John Hughes movie marathon. Um, And for Ant-Man and the Wasp, I read that they're going to be doing not only the Marvel movie marathon, as these theaters traditionally do, they're also going to be doing a brunch (laughs) dedicated to Ant-Man for some reason. I'd go to I an Ant-Man do. brunch, get little mini burgers and stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like sliders. Just, look at that. They've been shocked by pin particles. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. And delightful. Yes. We went to, um, over the weekend, we went to the draft house and saw Moonstruck. Because oh. that's like one of Kayla's absolute favorite movies of all time. And I love the movie too. It's so freaking good. Um, yeah. But yeah, we saw that on the big screen. It was really fun. Yeah, I like that draft house that's around you guys, too. When Dee and I went, we went to see uh, Boondock Saints, and they gave you, like, little 
pop guns that you could like shoot along with at certain parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave you like some type of fake mustache to wear <laughs> to look like one of the characters. It was real, just like funny. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. We had a yeah. good time. Yeah. No, it's a great experience. We also like you, you come out of the theater and there's a photo booth. So we got to, you know, go to the photo booth and stuff. It was oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's all kind of fun stuff to do in the lobby. And there's a whole video store in there for some yeah. reason, like a VHS video store you can rent tapes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, video vortex is what it's called. Yes, that's right. Um, quickly going through the rest of this is all DC news. Weirdly. <laughs> like, yeah. Funny how like they always have something going on every week. That's kind of good, I guess. Yeah. They're messy, but they got things going on. They got things going on. Just like me. <laughs> so one of my favorite comic writers, Tom Taylor, uh, he's the, the writer who's doing the, uh, current run on Superman. Uh, featuring his son, John Kent. I talked a little bit about that last week. He also uh, was the person who got to adapt the highly successful Injustice video games into comic form. And that's kind of where he uh, he cut his teeth, mm. where he got his notoriety. So those were just so so highly loved that the books went on much longer than the promotion of the actual game itself because people just kept buying it. Hmm. So what's cool is, in his Superman book, he's going to send John Kent to the Injustice universe. And boy, is he in for a surprise when he meets his dad. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I like yeah. that. So that's coming out in March 2023. Are they making another one of those games? I hope so, because I really enjoyed those first two. They were just so fun to play. Yeah. You know, they were they were welcoming uh, to, pe- to people who normally don't play fighting games. They're just kind of fun to figure out. You know, um, that's the, funny enough. That's the problem I have with fighting games, though, is that like I start to play them and then I'm like, I can't I can't get super into them. You know, yeah, they get kind of tricky, like the Mortal Kombat games yeah. themselves. Uh, they have all these technical moves that you have to learn and they give you like rewards and, and points in, in game currency to buy different costumes and stuff like that. It's just overly complicated. And I get there's a market for that. But for me, I just want to mash buttons and fight people. So. Um, other news here. Apparently, the announcements for the DC Studios uh led to comics selling out, which I didn't hear Man. about this. <laughs> so this was kind of cool. Tom King, who writes Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, who was often confused with Tom Taylor, by the way. They uh, they both have Twitter profiles where they wear baseball caps featuring like a DC logo or something, just mm-hmm. to kind of play up to that. Um. He writes the uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow comic that was critically praised, but, you know, people aren't rushing out to buy Supergirl comics usually um, because she's just kind of seen as like a a B-tier character. But this book has Mm -hmm. such a strong following and people really have been reacting to it very well. They snatched it up. Amazon was completely sold out this week. Uh, You know, the, the secondary market is selling the hardcover version for like $30, $40. When retail is like 15. Damn. So people are really excited to read this story and find out like what all the fuss is about. Yeah. And go, go buy those to support, you know, the creators and stuff, but also know if you can't afford it or you can't find it, you can go through your library. So support your local library, get it either, you know, get the physical copy from them or get the digital copy. But yeah. That's really important. I fully endorse that option as well. I tried it myself, and unfortunately, it's the same problem. People are just borrowing this book like crazy. So you got to get creative. Talk to you have limits on what you can borrow? Like, if you are trying to borrow a book that's in demand, they put you on a waiting list. Um, This happened Mm. to me with Spy Family, which is a manga I've been really trying to check out. So Mm. they put you on a waiting list, and they tell you how far back you're on the waiting list. So Spy Family Volume 1. I've been on the waiting list for three months now and I have been like 12th in line. So people will borrow it, keep it for the month, read it hopefully, and then, uh, and give it back. So I, I, I will give this piece of advice to people when you borrow books digitally, whether it be on hoopla or Libby, make sure when you're done with it, return that book because they actually consider that like a copy that's in stock. 
Yeah, I do that too. I actually just finished the um, Pamela Anderson audiobook. Now, the only time I ever have cues with mine is through like audiobooks. I haven't yeah. had that with um, comics, but you know, they might have updated it and changed it. But yeah, I just I returned it early because I was like, I know someone's waiting on that. Yeah, yeah. So it's I a little. Try to do that every time. It's hard to find all over the place. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> um, I just saw a, a headline that just kind of surprised me with all these different words involved here. Uh, this is coming from Deadline.com. I clicked on our next story and this this popped up, but this is breaking news. The Late okay. Late Show with James Corden to be replaced with At Midnight Reboot, executive produced by Stephen Colbert. What? I never thought I'd see that again. Like the the fucking um, Hardwick show? Yep. So I'm just going to give us this Is information gonna... real quick. Like we knew, we knew James Harden was leaving late night because people have just grown incredibly tired of him lately. Um, yeah. So he's, he's ending the Late Late Show franchise after almost three decades, they say. Uh, no one would comment but Deadline hears that a reboot of At Midnight, a series that ran for 600 episodes on Comedy Central between 2013 and 2017, hosted by Chris Hardwick, has been chosen for the 1230 a.m. time slot currently occupied by The Late Late Show. It says also here, the most important part of the story so far, Chris Hardwick, who hosted the original series, is not expected to have direct involvement in the reboot. Okay. Yeah, that I mean, I loved that show. I loved the format of that show. So I would love to see them reboot that one. I think it would work out really well. And it'd be different. It wouldn't just be another talk show, you know? Right. And that's kind of sweet in a way, because this was the show that came on after Colbert when he was on the Comedy mm-hmm. Central. So it's almost like he just kind of misses that that familiarity. And I miss it, too, to be honest. It was a nice little late night sandwich. You had Daily Show the Colbert Report, and then you had At Midnight. And it was like, okay, I've seen everything mm-hmm. I need to see. This South Park rerun, I've seen a million times. Going to bed. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a good combo. <laughs> I'm looking oh. forward to that. That's pretty great. I'm so happy. So that's breaking news, everyone. Breaking Everyone's news. already probably seen this for days, but you know, <laughs> for us, it's breaking news. Breaking, breaking news, news. <laughs> All right. So back to the original story that I clicked on Deadline.com for. Uh, Two of our favorites, Quinta Brunson and Tyler James Williams, are set to voice Hawkman and Hawkgirl in Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special on HBO Max. That's adorable. I haven't seen Harley Quinn, but I love this. I love them working together. Abbott Elementary is the best show on television by far. it certainly is. I saw a funny clip with uh, Tyler James Williams on some late night show a couple of days ago where he said that he can gauge where people remember him from based on their reaction. So if they look at him like, aha, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I remember you from Everybody Hates Chris. And if they look at him with sympathy in their eyes, like, oh, no, it's because they they just saw him get killed on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they look at him with a with a lusty look in their eyes, like yeah, yeah, you're you're an Abbott Elementary fan. Because <laughs> it's really cool him... to see his career evolve. I love yeah. it. Yeah, he's a good dude. So anyway, they're going to be voicing these characters on the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special. I really enjoy this cartoon, and I think a lot of folks would too. Um, it's it's an adult cartoon. It's meant to make fun of a lot of the DC characters, but at the same time, set in that universe. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously at all. So it's just something you can pick up and watch. It's it's a good little cartoon. Yeah, it's been on my per- like peripheral. Like I, I've been curious about it, but I just, you know, you know how I am with cartoons. It's hard for me to watch them. Yeah. But to it's sit on down and Max. actively watch that show. But it's on HBO Max, so... Well, I definitely want to check that one out, because they're in it. (laughs) So, yeah, that news dropped. Um, Yeah, that's all we've really got for just, you know, run-of-the-mill news today. 
Uh, oh no, I just checked off the entire award list. Let me go back and uncheck that. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't didn't go away for me. So okay, well that's good. So now we're down to the nitty gritty. Right. The awards. Welcome to the Lexi Awards. Ugh, why do we name it the Lexi Awards? <laughs> you ask that every year. And it's because it's tradition, Lex. It's because it's what our listeners expect. It's what they look forward to. The Lexi Awards give us hope. They give us joy. <laughs> they give us tradition. Okay. No, okay. Yes. So. All right. So let's kick this off. Tradition. These. Yes. Tradition. <laughs> All right. So let's kick this off. These are our choices for some of our favorite things from 2022 we hope you like them too first category favorite book of the year what'd you pick Liz? so yeah this okay i'm my pick is is by no means an easy read um if you were to listen to this and want to read it you have to proceed with caution hmm. um but i thought it was an incredibly um powerful book by you know comedian and writer rob delaney uh his it, the book is called a heart that works um i actually listened to the audiobook for it Mo like really last year i only read through audiobooks that's just how i've been able to consume books i can listen while i'm working or whatever driving it's just a little easier for me to read that way um this book is very short it is a memoir about um, the grief that he and his family have experienced since their son died of cancer. Their oh, wow. uh, four-year-old son died of cancer a couple of years ago. And it's incredibly beautiful and heartbreaking and funny at times and sad. And just uh, he's a absolutely beautiful writer. Beautiful. Um, you like people might know him from Deadpool. I would say that's probably one of his like really big roles is like Deadpool two. He was like the normal guy that mm -hmm. they added to the team. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's him. Um, he's also, you know, one thing he's really well known for is the, the show catastrophe, which is a great show too. So, yeah, it's an incredible book. It's really difficult, but I think it's worthwhile if you can, you know, handle it. Um, but, you know, obviously everyone has to gauge if they're comfortable listening to something like that, especially if they have children. That is a deep choice, man, oh, man. But it really moved you. It really made you want to just keep going with it, huh? Oh yeah, I didn't really stop listening to it. It's, I just listened all the way through. That's the sound of a good book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my book, um, What's your my choice? book is, uh, it is a biography about one of my favorite producers, uh, Jay Dilla. Of course, you know he passed away uh, quite some time ago, but his legacy lives on. Uh, there have been many uh, biographies written about him, uh, you know, YouTube videos, people honoring his legacy. He gets mentioned on basically every hip hop album that comes out. Um, he's just such a prolific creator and he was well ahead of his time. This is a man that knew that he had a limited time on this earth and he tried to put out as much content as he could. He just kept on working, kept on working so much that, you know, when he was on, uh, when he was in the hospital, I'll say that he continued to work on his music. He bought in, uh, the, the equipment in order to keep making beats for these hip hop acts. And, wow. you know, like I said, everybody just respects him so much. His mother continues on, uh, honoring his, his legacy, uh, by making sure his music stays out there. Um, Everybody that's ever worked with him has nothing but nice things to say about him, how professional he was. Uh, and they they show that by honoring uh, his mother. They call her Ma Dukes. 
and they make sure that she's taken care of and that she's, you know, also given the respect she deserves because she took care of Dilla, uh, you know, during the, the hard times of his life. So this book in particular, this um, it's a biography, but it's also a musicology. It's, it's a cultural history. I actually talked uh, to somebody about this. Somebody recommended this book to me and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I just kept looking into it. And it's funny how I just kept like circling the drain with this book, knowing good and well that as much as I appreciate Dilla, I, I wanted to learn more about his life. But I thought like, okay, I know so much about him already as a creator. Something interesting this this biography does visually, it shows you um, just different ways that he approached making beats and his timing and everything like that. That's why they call it Dilla time because he had such a way of making beats that it was just organic, but it was like nothing anyone had ever heard before. And they mm-hmm. wanted to in great detail spell out like, yes, this is how he came to be one of the most well-respected creators of our lifetime as far as hip hop goes. And, uh, yeah, I love it. I love the book. Um, I'm not 100% uh, done with it yet. But, um, I mean, from what I've read so far, it's Head and Shoulders, my favorite read of the year. It's it's a lot to take in, but <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that sounds really, really good. Yeah. So that is my choice. It's written by Dan uh, Chamas, Dan Charnas, rather. Uh, he also does the uh, audiobook narration for it. Um, but it's a book that you need to physically read. You know, there's there's books you can okay. listen to, obviously, yep. and there's books that you need to mm-hmm. hold in your hand and just kind of like go over. And this is definitely the, the latter. So I highly recommend yeah. it. If you've yeah. Ever I feel like a lot of fan. nonfiction books usually can be audio, but it just, it really varies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. We started. Okay. Well, kind we of picked a, bummer books. We did. We <laughs> did, you know, um, but we're going to pick it up a little bit. Uh, let's go over to the movie of 2022. Movie. Now, what did you pick for your favorite movie? Um, Kayla was very surprised when I talked about how much I loved glass onion. She also loved glass onion. We okay. were, I was going back and forth. And I was like, ah, oh, I loved Glass Onion. Should that be my pick? Should that be the one? And she was like, I don't know if it ranks that high for me of movies of the year. I mean, and I was like, I, I really enjoyed it. What's not to enjoy about it kind of thing. Um, ultimately, I came around and then she said, oh, well, the Batman came out this year. And I was like, oh, shit. I forgot about the Batman coming out. Because <laughs> what a year. <laughs> what a year it was. Um, so yeah, I ultimately decided to go with Pattinson Batman. I fucking loved that movie. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was fantastic. That said, there were a lot of really great movies this year. I feel like one that I also am like, I want to revisit everything everywhere all at once because I know that movie is incredibly special and i think it's going to hold up very well over time i'm curious to see if something like the batman does like hold up as well but yeah i just went with that as my choice because i really enjoyed it i thought it was fantastic and a little different for a batman movie was more detective than action which i appreciated yeah yeah a lot of people were surprised by that but you called it like even when they announced this movie, you said, "Okay, this is going to be the one where we finally get to see him be a detective." And sure enough, mm-hmm. you got what you wanted. So I totally understand this being your top choice. <laughs> yeah, I just know Matt Reeves is such a great director. I still stand by those Planet of the Apes movies are fucking gold. They're so good. They really are. They really are. I wonder if they're ever going to revisit those. That um, world, you know. I feel like they they finished they finished the Caesar arc very well. So if they do revisit it, it'll be something new within the same universe. Um, I I'd be shocked if they don't. It's such a big franchise, and it did very well. Yeah. 
Man, but you're right. Lots of good movies in 2022. Um, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. That is like nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, those A24 yeah, films. Yeah. They're like just, I mean, it, it's an experience, definitely. You know, I appreciate that movie. I appreciate what it did for the actors and actresses' careers. The story it told, the emotion it conveyed is just fantastic, you know? But when it comes down to what I just enjoyed, just like candy, something that just gave me the warm feeling in my tum-tum, Glass Onion, I got to say, was the one for me. Right. That's that's what I was telling Kayla. I was like, what's not to like about it? That's what I said, like, in, like saying why that was one of my favorite movies of the year. What's not to like about it? You know... It's and it's just like uh, an actual onion. You keep peeling back the layers, and you learn so much about it. The behind-the-scenes footage that I've seen of it makes me appreciate it so much more because I see all the digital trickery that they did in some scenes. It just looks so organic, you know. Little stuff like, all right, well, oh, he's got like ice sculptures by the by the dock of the beach and everything like that. Like, okay, that's not really there, obviously, but the whole beach wasn't there. It's like, how did they, how did they do this? Mm -hmm. This is amazing. You know, um, just the, the, the arc itself, the fact that they basically give away the story at the very beginning and they just have to rebuild the mystery from scratch as they go through. It was so enjoyable. And, (laughs) you know, Daniel Craig plays that character so well and just, he can't be denied. And I, I hope we see more of that. I think I liked it better than the first one, personally. I know that's controversial, but I, I stand by it. Yeah. I mean, it, it builds off the back of the first one, honestly. You know, you, you got to have the first one, yes. Yeah. However, that second one, it just keeps on going. It keeps pushing the envelope even further. Some people didn't like it because um, apparently they, they didn't like the fact that, uh, you know, they gave away the mystery at the beginning and everything like that. Uh, but that that adds to the value for me because you, you know you're, you're lost at that point they still have so much movie left to tell and it's like well now what are we gonna do <laughs> and they give you so much goodness i loved it i love glass onion yeah yeah i loved it too yeah great choice thank you so now we come to okay. the game of the year yeah. I realized when making this list that I did not buy a video game last year. I played, but even still, I did play some games. I, I played, uh, you know, online with Bradley. Um, You know, we played Halo and stuff like that, and that was fun. Um, But every time, I, I think my big thing was other than you know playing through like some of my favorites, like The Last of Us, every once in a while, like I, I think I just would pick up a game and it, just, I just wouldn't stick with it. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think my attention span was there. Well, in the last year, you gave it to Gears of War for uh, a similar Mm -hmm. reason, because you said, you know, that was just a game you could pick up and play with Bradley and just, you know, enjoy on Mm -hmm. the fly and that sort of thing. So I totally get that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So So. my my game choice this year is kind of weird. And with that caveat, um, I chose Wordle. I know it's more of a puzzle, but, you know. Still counts. I'm not going to judge you. (laughs) I haven't played it in a while, but I do enjoy Wordle a lot still. I still think it's a great game. Wordle was so influential, and I appreciate the fact that it was just one guy working on it until he decided to, Mm -hmm. you know, cash in his chips and, and move on to his next project and just give it to the New York Times. I shouldn't say give it. He sold it, which he rightly should have. You know, he got compensated for yeah, his I think time he made and effort. Pretty decent price too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So good for him. But yeah, this inspired so many different like puzzle of the day apps and websites and stuff like that. Some of them a little predatory, some of them good natured. I'll say that. Guess the game <laughs> is a good one. I like that one a lot. They give you a screenshot of a random video game. And you have to guess it in five clues. And they get, you know, progressively more on the nose as you go along. But yeah, just like Wordle, you're trying oh. to guess it in as few clues as you can. They do they have that for movies too. It's really fun. Yeah. It's hard though. 
There was one for for music where they only give you like a, a three second clip of a song. Now, I mean, it's named that tune, but it's in the same style as Wordle with the black background and the green screen and all that stuff, yeah. you know. So it's a lot of fun. So shout out to Wordle. <laughs> so for mine, yeah, I had a lot of fun way- with it. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And it's there for you on the go. That's another thing, too. That's good. <laughs> like me some Wordle. Yeah, makes it really convenient. But when it comes to game of the year, <clears throat> I had a lot of I, I had some hard choices here because I I did take time to game this year and a couple of games I was looking forward to came out a couple of things. Um, I, if I could give it to a system, it would have been the Steam Deck because that is a disruptor. That's a game changer. Shout out to Glass Onion. It is a <laughs> completely fresh take on how to game on the go. Because you have your entire PC gaming collection there at your fingertips. But that's not a game. That's a game collection. God of War Ragnarok came out this year, which is something I've been mm-hmm. waiting for since I rolled credits on the first game. Uh, same thing with Horizon. When Horizon Zero Dawn debuted, I was already ready for the sequel. I had to see this story continue. And that sequel, Forbidden West, it blew me away with the amount of choices you get in the game. A huge map the weapons that you can craft, the character designs, the hair and the skin texture on the black people in the game, which there are plenty of, looks authentic. I can't say enough great things about this game and it deserves special recognition. However, the (laughs) game of the year, the one that made me shed man tears, God of War Ragnarok. It truly was nice. the end of an epic story. Yeah, I've heard nothing nothing but praise. Yeah. I I can't imagine the the pressure that they felt to take to take Kratos from uh the the Greek mythos to Norse mythology and make it make sense. You know, to put all that story together, to make it a fun experience. I have very few complaints about the game, but overall I had such a fun time with that game. It it just it is worth playing and I I I can't wait for whatever they do next, you know. Studio Santa Monica, shout out to you guys. Congratulations. I don't know if I can get you the Sweet Chili Baby award, but <laughs> if you just <laughs> let me in the door, I promise that I'll leave after an hour or two and I'll leave the trophy there. It's just so good. It's so good. Yeah, you can add it to your all of the other trophies you're going to get, you know? Right, right. I just want it to be right up there next to, like, you know, some big, you know, fuck you trophy they have, like the game, game of the year from the Game Awards or something like that. And it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, there's also this chili pepper trophy that some fans sent us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, shout out to Studio Santa Monica, all the hard work they did. You know, some of their staff got, like, harassed because gamers are weird and they were impatient yeah they're terrible about getting that game and they had way too much free time on their hands motherfuckers need to calm down need to calm down let people do their jobs and don't be dicks to people online either they're real people too come on yeah i mean i don't think anyone listening to this podcast is that would do things like that i don't think that's their spirit however if you are contemplating doing something like that, stop it. Don't do it. That's right. If Don't your finger's on that set button right now, you. I'm calling out to you, fair listener. I'm calling out to you and telling you that we disapprove of that type of behavior here at Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. And we ask you, no, we demand. We don't like it. We demand that you stop it right now. Stop it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. We are now TV. at TV, and this was even more difficult this year. Oh, my God. There was so much good mm-hmm. TV. This is my favorite category. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, man. Spill it. What you got? Okay. I had to pick two, kind of. Okay. Because, and, the, and I just added last minute, because we were talking about Abbott Elementary, I just wanted to give another shout out to Abbott Elementary. It's literally <laughs> the funniest show on television, and I think it's perfect. So, mm-hmm. with that said. My choice was the show that pulled me back in despite me kicking 
and trying not to be pulled back in, which is House of the Dragon. Um, I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they brought me back. Um, I'm shocked. And I loved it. And it made me obsessed with Game of Thrones again. I, too, am shocked. I would have never predicted this at the beginning of 2022, that you would be on our show saying that this was your show of the year, let alone a show you enjoyed. Nope. Oh, my God, Lex. I just It's a shocking I'm, one. I'm blown away. This is a this is a mind bender here. So it was it was it was I, I also enjoyed that show. But, you know, there was so much good stuff out there. Ultimately, I just changed my answer to Abbott Elementary because, you know, it is the best show on TV. I can't deny that. No matter how it much is. I want to give it to a dark horse or I want to be different and give it to Peacemaker or something like that. I cannot deny the universal appeal of Abbott Elementary. Quinta Brunson does such an amazing job on this show. She has surrounded herself with a talented cast. We've gushed about it both here, there, and everywhere. So I'm just going to let that sit. Mm -hmm. But there's so much other stuff that came out that deserves recognition as well. I think about the most recent season of Barry. Excellent television, once again. That's on HBO Max. Starring, of course, uh, Bill Hader and Henry Winkler. Great show. The Bear on FX. It's a nail-biter. It will have you on the edge of your seat. I still haven't watched time. that. It's so good. And it's a I short one, too. It's, it's like in and out um i've heard good things about andor i haven't made time for it yet because it's just it's a commitment it's a commitment i tried um, i was bored i tried the first episode i couldn't get through it sorry one that got me one that i watched a little bit later i think i watched it this year but it came out last year the after party such a good show it's got ben schwartz it's got alana glazier on it it's got dave franco uh, oh. Tiffany Haddish. It's oh. great show. Great show. But ultimately, yeah, I need to look was, into that one because I've never seen it. It's on uh, Apple TV. But mm, what was okay. going to get my award before Abbott stole my heart once again is uh, Severance. What an amazing show that is. Also on Apple TV, um, starring Adam Scott. Basically, it's a, a story of what happens when you literally separate your work life and your home life. You have two personalities living in one, in one body. How do you coexist? There's a deeper mystery involved. I won't really get into it too much, but it's worth watching. If you buy an Apple device of any sort or any type of high-end electronic device, and it gives you a free trial of like three months of Apple TV, Number one on your list should be Ted Lasso. Number two on your list yes. should be Severance. <laughs> Number three on your list, maybe yeah, I totally um, agree. maybe After Party. There's a tie between After Party and um, Shrinks. That's actually pretty good. But I, I've only seen a few episodes so far, so I haven't really made the, up my yeah, mind. Yeah, I want to see that one too. I haven't seen Severance or Shrinking. Yeah, Shrinking. That's a, That's what it is. It's good, but I, I, I want to see if they stake the landing, you know? Yeah, so. just give it time. Yeah. It's the same. It's it's um Bill Lawrence, so, mm -hmm. you know, that's good. You can tell because his wife is in it. Nepotism. I'm kidding. I don't really <laughs> care. Nepotism she hasn't been in Ted Lasso. She was. <laughs> when? I'm telling you, you know... Nepotism is a time-honored tradition in Hollywood. There's, there's no way to get around it because you're an actor. You want your kids to take part in the uh, family legacy, take over the family business, if you will. So if you're you know, an, an architect or, or a shoe cobbler or something, because people are doing that nowadays as a career, and I'm not just being weird... Um, you want your kids to carry on your legacy. You know, a lot of people want that. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's like the third generation of furniture salesmen or something like that. So why is it viewed negatively when it's a third generation actor or actress? 
Um, I don't know. I think it's because it's a it's a business that so many people want to get into and there's so much wealth involved with it that it just really upsets people. That'd be my guess. Yeah. That's a fair point. But also a fair point, if you're around actors and actresses your whole life and you want to do this for a living and you've learned from the best actresses and actresses and actress, 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 I got tongue tied. If you learn from the best in the business (laughs) (laughs) your entire life and you just have a natural knack for it, take a shot. I want to be entertained. I agree. You know? Maybe, maybe do the, do the ethical thing and, you know, give somebody who's a lesser known actor or actress a shot too, along your way up. Take them with you. Right. That's, that would be my thing. Like use it for good. Yeah. It's okay to, to, you know, help yourself, but help others too. That's okay. That's right. Yeah. You know, I have a good friend, Mitchie Trota, who does that very thing. She's, she's very talented. Uh, she's well-loved in her communities, plural, and she always makes time to bring people with her. She will offer you up and tell people how great you are. It's something that you do. And that's a cool way to be. I really appreciate that. And it's helped open a lot, a lot of doors for me, you know, so uh, honorary Lexi award goes to Mitchie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give him a to that. I, people like that are the best, the greatest. Yeah. All right, let's get down to the next category being. We're into listening. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I feel like everyone knows mine already. We can just quickly say it's it's Taylor Swift Midnights. Everyone knows (laughs) that that's going to be my answer. You guys know that. It's okay. We know. We know. We can just keep keep pushing forward. Um. What else was I going to pick? I mean, uh, to be fair, there were lots of great albums this year. There were lots of albums I loved. Um, Florence and the Machine put out a great new record this year. Um, you know, to name one of them, another one that I really loved and considered. But yeah, Taylor dropped that shit and it blew me away. She does good work. She cannot, cannot deny the talent of Taylor Swift. That's for sure. Yep. Absolutely. Um, the one I chose this year is kind of out of left field because it, it just really hooked me. And I owe a, a big thanks to her appearance on uh, SNL. Um, I've been introduced to a lot of musicians lately who have really come to uh, appreciate uh, from SNL, from their performances on there, because there's, there's something about mm-hmm. that, um, that venue that just gives them permission to be raw and just to kind of like introduce the music that mm-hmm. uh, they want to do the way they want to do it. Even with, um, you know, Lizzo's performances on there, they, they had a certain appeal uh, to the performances that she did that were a little bit more intimate than when she gets on stage. And it's just, you know, doing the whole shtick with the twerking and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's her claim to fame. She loves to do it. She has fun, but it's just a little bit more of a, of a, of a, a closer environment there. So Phoebe Bridgers, as I mentioned, is, is phenomenal. She did a great job on there. And, uh, you know, I'm a fan now because of those performances, but somebody that got me recently mm-hmm. was, uh, SZA, you know, and of course she's, she's not mm-hmm. somebody that's unheard of. Um, she has a certain reputation in the music industry. Uh, people have feelings about her. I've never cared about any of that. All I know is that when she shows up on a track, it's always something to be enjoyed. You know, when she did uh, right. All the Stars with Kendrick Lamar for the Black Panther soundtrack, she made that song. She made that song special. And uh, yeah, you know, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a, um, a badge. But this this album after I heard uh, the two tracks that she did on SNL, it's called SOS. And it's just such a raw, just open album, you know, because it's all about, you know, with, with uh, female rappers lately, it's just kind of all about like, you know, being 
the bad bitch and being in charge and all that stuff, or, or just kind of just being like, uh, you know, you get the sad girl albums too and that sort of thing. But I feel like she kind of uses a paintbrush that fills in the blanks when you're not on, when no one else is watching, what thoughts are going through your head? What are you afraid to admit to yourself? Uh, when when no one else is around. And she does a song on the album called Kill Bill where she's really just kind of going through her mind and she's unpacking all these emotions she has about her ex. And she's very frank and honest about like what she wants to do and how she would feel if if certain things came to fruition. And it's just such a melodic song and it's a beautiful song. If you're not paying attention You'll just kind of sway along with it. But the words, the the actual uh, lyrics that she puts in there are just so disturbing. And it's just a juxtaposition, uh, such a juxtaposition uh, of, of what you would normally expect from a song like that. And it's moments like that that make me not able to pass up on this record. I can't recommend this album enough. Um, ironically, it does have a track that features uh, Phoebe Bridges on here called Ghost in the Machine. Um, it's also got Travis Scott on there. Uh, Old Dirty Bastard is on the last track. And of course, uh, a song that has been <laughs> used all over TikTok, the I Hate You uh, clip that's on here too. Like, yeah, there's just so much good stuff on this album. And, you know, she's got a track on here produced by uh, Dark Child. She's got another one by Babyface. It's amazing. It's just a. She said she wrote over 100 songs for this album, and she narrowed it down to 23. Uh, even the album cover Damn. has significance because she went to school to become a marine biologist, and she gave that up when she became a, cording, a recording artist. But the, the album cover has her sitting on almost a diving board over this deep blue ocean, and she's just swinging her legs over the side like she's contemplating certain thoughts. And uh, she said it's it's supposed to be reminiscent of a picture of Princess Diana in a similar uh, photo. Hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot to dig into here. And I mean, it's really a, you know, I don't want to belittle her by saying this, but it, it, it's it's comparable to the the messages that Childish Gambino bakes into his albums. And it deserves attention. Yeah. And even though, even if the message isn't yeah, for I've, me. I've never... Mm-hmm. I've never listened to uh, like a record from her. So now yeah. I need to, I definitely want to listen to this now. Yeah. It's, Just listen it's to got, like hits, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really deep, really deep. So yeah, get ready. But it's a, it's a bummer in some ways too. So if you're looking at just party or whatever, you know, fucking don't listen to this, but if you really want to get introspective, no, that's, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good deep album. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Hmm. I will. Okay, we're down to the last category. Last category. Once again, podcasts. So what did you pick this year? So I have never really listened to scripted podcasts. That's just never been a thing that's really grabbed me. Um, but Kayla really loves them. And so she was kind of like, what, what can I like start you on or something like that to make you like them? Or what's one that I think you'd like. And when we were making the drive out to Texas, we actually drove in separate cars because it was just ended up being cheaper. So she drove or, well, we went back and forth, but one of us drove our, our car and then the other one drove the big moving truck and we Mm. would just switch back and forth. Uh, So we ended up listening to separate things and I listened to this podcast that she recommended um, this scripted podcast that has two seasons and it's like a, you know, complete story. Now Uh, the second season came out in 2022. The first one was either 2020, 2021. I can't, Hmm. I don't know. Um, It's called Baraska and it's produced and stars Cole Sprouse. I cannot recommend this show enough. I burned through this shit. Like I, you know, it's 20 episodes total or something like that. And I listened to it 
in this entire car ride and I could not stop listening to it. I was obsessed with it. I, I did not know anything about it going in like the story or anything like that. I just knew that Cole Sprouse was the lead. I highly recommend if you're going to listen to it, go into it blind like that. Like just go, like don't know any, like go in not knowing anything. I think that's probably the best way to listen to it. Hmm. It's wild. I absolutely loved it. I cannot recommend it enough. And technically it's because of Kayla. So I have to give her credit. Shout out to Kayla. Shout out to Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before I give my answer, I'm going to give a little in memoriam for podcasts that used to update regularly that I miss so much. And I'm sure everybody's <laughs> feed is full of them. And I want you all to share with us some of your favorite podcasts that no longer produce new episodes. It's a very real problem because they just leave you hanging sometimes. And, you know, on, on behalf of Lex and I, I'd like to apologize because sometimes we scare you guys, but no, <laughs> we will make sure <laughs> to let you know if ever, goodness forbid, if ever we decide to wrap up the show, we'll give you a heads up. We're not just going to just like nope out or anything like that. So yeah, I want to give it up for some of my favorite fallen podcasts two dope queens <laughs> oh best, man best movies never made brought to you by duck talks a ducktales podcast oh no yeah hannibal burris handsome rambler that one technically still exists but it's behind a paywall so it's dead to me harmontown <laughs> <laughs> How Neil Feel. Now, Neil Brennan has moved on to another podcast where he talks to other comedians, but he had this podcast, How Neil Feel, where he would just have a conversation kind of like we do with his friend Bianca. And I thought that was just wonderful. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Semi-irregular with Denise and Lucy. So many uh, shows, yeah. so little time. The Taz Show, of course. I mean, he's a full-time commentator on AEW now, so I can't complain too much. The Trouble with Shannon Carson from WBZ Chicago. It was a black man telling stories about his life, and that man lived a life. It's a great show. It's a great podcast. Hmm. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. So, anyway, my choice for this year is a little bit selfish, but not quite. I'll explain why. The Young Candy Magazine podcast. <laughs> now, you all may be saying to yourself, but Matt, you do the stories on the Uncanny Magazine podcast. How can you possibly pick this as your podcast of the year? Well, first of all, this is my show. It's our show. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I want to use this opportunity to give a special thanks to our producers on Uncanny Magazine Pod, uh, Erica Ensign, Steven Shapansky. I want to give a special thanks to you guys because, you know, I did this episode, uh, episode 50. We just hit a big one. It was a big four-part episode, and we were all very excited about getting our stories in early so we could take a nice break for Christmas and everything like that. But unfortunately, COVID had other ideas. So I got to the point where I could barely talk without coughing, without wheezing. I sounded completely different. And no one is more familiar with that than Steven and Erica because I had to record um, a, a, a short story, but it was a pretty lengthy short story and a poem for the, uh, for the first couple of pieces of the podcast. And boy, I was rough, okay? This is some of the roughest stuff I've ever done. I had to re-record lines. It was like a whole day of work. But I go back and I yeah. listen to these episodes and I can't even tell that I was sick. And that is completely 100% due to the efforts of these amazing sound engineers and producers, Steven Schapansky, Erica Ensign. This Sweet Chili Baby Award goes out to y'all. This is not mine. I also want to thank Lynn and Michael Thomas uh, for continuing to believe in me <laughs> and let me be a part of that show as uh, a reader for some of the best sci-fi under the sun or in space for that matter. 
And I'm very proud of you for how much work you've put into that project and how much you've grown in your voice acting. It's wonderful. And I love oh, seeing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah. It's a good choice for podcast of the year. <laughs> so, there you have it, folks. Do you agree or disagree with our selections? The last one, I don't care what you think. But all the other ones, you're free to chime in as much as you want. And we are here, as always, to read your selections for the Lexi Awards. What did you enjoy in 2022? What do you think deserves whatever we would call a Razzie? Um, Be kind, of course. But (laughs) thank you for listening to us ramble on with some of our favorite things. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for understanding that this was also very delayed. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, a sweet chili baby supplier was uh, closed for the winter. And so now we're finally able to give trophies where trophies are due. All right. How do we end this podcast? I forgot. Yeah, I don't know. If you want to find out how we end this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. And we'll tell you in the comments. <laughs> Join our Discord server. Talk to all kind of fun people like Lux and Matt and others. You yeah, don't bite. Exclusive access to us. You're That's welcome. Right. <laughs> also, follow We're us on, on social, social media. Medias. Sure, but the fastest reply it will be in dis- in uh, the Discord. You know, that's true. That's where you're going to really be able to get a hold of us. If you think the Home Depot chatbot replies fast, just wait until you say something in that Discord. You will be shocked how quickly we come back. Mm-hmm. All that and more. Um, All that and more. If you join the Discord, you can see uh, cute pictures of my dad's new cats and other pets every Thursday during Pet Pick Thursday. So That's right. There mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you folks for listening. As always, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lux Lutz. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>